This is Chief Conti of the Metropolitan Police Department, and I'm asking for your help. We all must avoid using our cell phones while driving as lives are increasingly at risk with this behavior. So much can happen when you are distracted by a phone, and the results could be deadly. Help us make Vision Zero a reality by keeping your eyes on the street. MPD is enforcing the district's hands-free distracted driving laws. One text or call can wreck it all. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month and discover what it truly means to drive a truck that's built to serve. Ram 3500 with an available legendary Cummins engine. Ram TRX, the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. And Ram 1500, ranked number one in driver appeal among large light duty pickups in 2022. That's three years in a row by JD Power. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month. For JD Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Jackson McCurry. Joining me again is Jack Duffin from thedogland.com. Jack, how's everything going, buddy? I'm doing great. Um, exciting time of the year. It's been a bit slow at the weekend. I, I want seven days a week Browns news. So, uh, yeah, hopefully something happens. Yeah, you know, Saturday was so boring, and I even tweeted it out. I was like, man, this is a boring day without Browns news. And, of course, Lane Adkins from the OBR quickly chimed in. He goes, I'm okay with this. But I know those guys have been killing it all week with coverage and rumors and everything. But, yeah, I mean, the Browns were busy this week. Uh, they were even, I mean, more busy Friday. Uh, me and Anthony, I think, are recorded Friday, and then more, mo- more moves have been made. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And then, uh, Jack, you wrote a great article over at the dogland.com that we'll break into. But yeah, Friday, the Browns added three more players back to the roster. Um, so we'll start off right with the top. Cody Parkey's back. And I even mentioned right before they re-signed him, I was like, we don't have a kicker yet. Um, that was like the one thing on the roster that we were missing, but the Browns brought him back. And uh, it was a relatively cheap deal and even very little guaranteed. Oh, it's, it's an absolute shade on, is it Matthew McCray? Yeah. Um, who was on the roster? There was a kicker, Jack. I, I for, they're no, real people. Yeah, I mean, he was on the practice squad. I forgot about him. Um, but yeah, it's it's he's no guarantee to make the roster. So they're smart to give him a one-year deal because even Justin Tucker had a bit of a wobbly last year um, in the playoffs. So if you think Cody Parkey's worth a three, four-year deal where you're going to guarantee a load of money, it's just nuts. Um, so yeah, keep keep them short. He's not even guaranteed the one year. Um, they'll bring him in for camp, and then it's, yeah, go out there and compete. Um, they'll probably, I don't know if McCray will be the guy, I think there'll be a UDFA that they probably bring in. Because the advantage of that, if it's someone that's good, they've got him for three years dirt cheap. So um, you just bring him in, see what happens, um, and I think that'll be their direction. So I don't think McCray's going to be the one. Um, Parky could easily stay as the one, and then if he, if he has a couple of bad weeks, He's out on the street and you just bring in another one. Um, it's just the way I think they're going to view kickers. Yeah, I mean, he did have some very you know questionable games last year, but like down the stretch, the Pittsburgh game uh, in the regular season and the playoff game, he was perfect. I mean, there was nothing. Parkey ended up being solid for us. Nice having that veteran presence, a guy that's kicked in those situations. He was perfect. They only guaranteed 62 point five or sixty two thousand five hundred dollars uh, according to over the cap and you know if they do cut him it's a two hundred thousand dollar dead cap hit so uh it's relatively cheap 
low risk, high reward, uh, no problem bringing him back. Like I said, veteran presence has kicked in pressure situations, obviously, before throughout his career. So not a bad move at all. Um, the Browns went and then signed Anthony Walker, linebacker, who they brought in for a visit. One year deal, three and a half million um, is the total he can make. We don't know the details yet, but uh, shockingly enough, a Drew Rosenhaus client. Because, you know, we always say like, oh, Rosenhaus has this agenda against the Cleveland Browns, um, always trying to milk them for money. But uh, getting a guy like Walker in here, uh, people were wondering, like the B.J. Goodson angle, would we bring him back? But this is a similar type player, especially uh, like you mentioned on your podcast, Jack, a lot of the uh, athletic uh, traits, very similar to what Goodson brought to the table Um, and Shockingly enough, a lot of people didn't talk about this. Everybody talks about Darius Leonard in the Colts linebacker room, but it seems like Walker was like the leader, uh, not only of that linebacker room, but also the Colts defense. So uh, very interesting signing. We finally got a linebacker, so that should uh, quiet the fan base a little bit. But uh, a very interesting signing because Walker was nobody or as, as a person that nobody talked about when they were looking at free agent linebackers, but um, very interesting signing and could be a leader for a very young linebacker room here in Cleveland. Yeah, so it's one that, as you said, the the athletic comp to Goodson is incredible. It's it's how close it is. We're not just talking one or two things. We are talking literally every single test of the combine. Um, they're, they're ridiculously similar. Um, and it's also, forget last season, because if you look at something like PFF, uh, Walker did have a bad year last year. There's no sort of covering that over. But if you go back a year um, and then go back to not Goodson's year, he's just had the year before Goodson arrived with Joe Woods. They're very similar as well. Um, so it certainly is their BJ Goodson signing. Um, is he going to light up the world? No. Is he getting about 50% of the five linebacker budget? Yeah. But quite frankly, I've got no issue with one person getting 50% of the budget when you're keeping the whole room under 7 million. So it's not the end of the world um it's going to be interesting to see what happens so i i think the main reason why it's a one-year deal because they still have a lot of hope for phillips um so if phillips steps up and is 90 percent of the player they hope he's going to be walker's going to be gone um he is good at all the noises positive leader and that's what we heard about goodson stefanski dubbed him the leader of the defense um he, he didn't need to have a bag to be a leader and step up um and all the positive noise was, yeah, he's, he's doing stuff. I think it's still going to be one where they're going to rotate and do different things because, quite frankly, every every other move we've seen this offseason is setting up for a dime defense that will play some nickel. Um, I don't think we're going to see that much three-linebacker set. So, yeah, it, it's looking like a nice room that I, I just feel this entire team is set up every single season to draft a linebacker between the third and fifth round. Um, and I, I think that might just become a, a stable for this uh, front office because they're not interested in probably paying any of them. And then you can just cycle through. Um, and eventually when you've got a proper line going through, you won't even need to spend three and a half million on somebody. You'll probably, yeah, bring in one vet at like a million and then you've got four dudes on rookie deals and you just cycle them through. So, uh, no, I, wouldn't surprise me if we get down to five million a year uh, next year rather than the seven and a half million this year. Yeah, I mean, barring injury, I don't think we will see a lot of three linebacker sets like you mentioned. But um, yeah, I think Walker will be a positive influence on the linebacker room, specifically Jacob Phillips. You know, I seen Jake Burns tweet on Saturday. He goes, if 
Phillips can be, if Walker can be a positive influence on Phillips and we see the potential in Phillips that we've seen so far that Walker being added to the room would only, will do wonders for Phillips. So uh, hopefully that one works out. Um, you know, it's, it's a relatively cheap deal, but like you said, he's, he's making half of what the whole linebacker room makes, which is crazy. But I mean, that just also shows what the Browns and Joe Woods think of a linebacker position. Um, as long as Woods is the defensive coordinator, um, the one move that they made Friday night, which kind of surprised me because we did not even mention this guy's name when we were talking about potential defensive lineman additions was Malik Jackson as a one-year deal, uh, worth four and a half million dollars in total value. But, uh, you know, he got cut by the Eagles on Wednesday when the new league year started, I think because of, you know, cap purposes and everything. But, you know, Malik Jackson has been a solid player throughout his, throughout his career. I've seen the stat eight out of nine seasons in the league. He's had double digit QB hits. Doesn't get the sack numbers, obviously, but that's I mean, that's just one thing that everybody kind of looks at immediately. But He's a productive player. Um, we needed to add someone to the defensive tackle room, but obviously we were looking at guys like Sue, Jarrell Casey, um, Solomon Thomas was a name that we uh, both had our eyes on when free agency started, but he obviously signed with the Raiders. But uh, a solid addition. You know, he's still only 31 years old, was injured the last uh, couple seasons, but a productive player and another solid piece to the Browns' defensive line. Yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting one to see when that deal comes out, because what happens is we've heard it's four and a half million um, up to it's the agents that are pummeling out all this information. So they make they want that deal to sound as good as it can possibly be. It could actually be like a two and a half million deal with two million in incentives, one for like playtime and one for sack um, numbers. So that's going to be the really intriguing thing once we get that, because if you'd have told me straight up, yeah, it's four and a half million. It's basically fully guaranteed. Then I'd have said, hey, Richardson's gone. Um, just because if you're looking at him at three tech, um, Richardson starting him in rotation depth behind, then you're sat there going, mm, are they really going to spend nine and a half percent of their budget on a starter and his backup? No, not really. Um, they could obviously do some interesting stuff. Both can play a little bit of edge if you wanted to on sort of heavy sets. Um, but it's one that I, I I genuinely don't know what the direction is because the, the answer could be, hey, we want to go get a Sue. We want to go get a Casey. It, say Sue's going to cost them six million and they go from Richardson at 30, just over 13 to they bring in Sue at six, Malik Jackson at, say, four. And they go, we've saved three million. Not only have we got a starter, we've got the depth piece as well. So if if I'm Richardson, I am really squeaky bum time here. Um, you genuinely don't know if you're hanging around. Um, it could be that they wait all the way to the draft and maybe Barmore pops up and they just sign Barmore and then literally get rid of Richardson the same night as the draft. Um, it, it, we've really got no idea, but it puts everything on the table now. Um, I wouldn't have expected this much money for a backup. But at the same time, if it comes out, it's actually two and a half million deal with two million of incentives. Suddenly we're having a different conversation. So it's not a wow move, but I, I can see why they might make it, especially if they're leaving Tackers the number two edge opposite miles, because that gives them a little bit extra. If they want to push a bit Sheldon out there, push a bit of Malik Jackson out there in certain packages, um, or even do some crazy stuff and have a, uh, like three man fronts. So I did want to bring up Sheldon Richardson when we talked about your article, but since the topic's already there, 
you know, Richardson obviously right now is a $13.6 million cap hit. If say they did a deal like they did with Hubbard or Olivier Vernon last year, where they reworked the whole year of their contract, how could you see that one playing out? Because I know you talked about before a potential extension with Richardson, but if they were to rework some of the money, he's making 11.9 million in his base salary right now. How would they restructure that to where he would take a pay cut, but then still like some lower the cap number to where it's, it doesn't look as bad as, Oh, we have 17 million committed to our three techs right now. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Lots of people have said, Oh, I'll just push the money. Um, back um but it's like that that's that doesn't really solve the issue <laughs> the, the fact that if you're gonna move the money into next year and then richardson say gonna be a free agent you, you've not solved the issue if you're getting richardson now and then you're paying him say five million next year and five million this year and uh, for when he's not on the roster so it's hard to know there's some incentives wrapped up in this but we know there's at least 11.5 million um there's probably another one and a half million hidden somewhere that one and a half million, another, no, another half a million hidden somewhere. But if you took that, say 11.1, 12 million, take that 12 million and go, right, it's 11 and a half and half a million of incentives. Let's make that eight and we'll put two million of incentives in there or we'll make it nine and you can stretch it to 11 if you hit all these crazy numbers. I think eight and stretch to 10 is probably best. Um, and it's why a lot of these players, when they're smart and their agents are on board, they will force a roster bonus in that final year, um, right around the uh, free agency time. We saw it with John Johnson and it's only like one or 2 million, but that forces the team to make an early decision because the last thing you want to be is like shoulders and Richardson's position where they can walk into that room and here's the important thing from the team aspect. You have to be willing to cut him. If you're not willing to cut him, you can't walk in there and demand a pay cut. Um, because if you go, hey, Richardson, uh, we need you to take a pay cut. And he goes, what if I don't take a pay cut? Well, don't worry, we're not going to cut you. He's going to go, well, I, I kind of like the extra two million you're going to be paying me. I'm not going to take a pay cut. So it's a really, really important thing when fans are like, hey, take, get him to take a pay cut. It's like, are you willing to cut him? No. And it's like, well, you, you can't ask someone to do that. So, um, no, it wouldn't surprise me if they asked him to take a pay cut. But the issue is if they do that, you're guaranteeing the rest of his base salary because that's basically the trade-off. Um, and the problem then comes down to you've then almost taken yourself out of the Barmore stakes because if you sat there in the draft and we've got Richardson who you fully guaranteed his deal. You've got Billings whose deal is guaranteed. You've got Malik Jackson whose deal is guaranteed. You've got Elliot who they like and there's upside there. Well, there's all four of your defensive tackles signed. If Barmore's there, then you're probably not going to have five. So it's one where it's a double-edged sword. Um, they could obviously still ask for a, a pay cut post-draft. So it's not something they have to do, but it's, it's certainly one to keep an eye on. Without a doubt. I mean, it is something interesting, especially if they do want to add somebody else. And that's the next thing I wanted to talk about. You know, the Browns, we're working with a number right now, hypothetically, because we don't know the details on Troy Hill, which I actually want to get your thoughts on here in a little bit. But the Troy Hill signing Higgins, Jackson, Parkey and Walker, we don't know the details yet, but we're working with a number of about five to six million in cap space still. 
based on what we still need. We still need an outside corner. We still need an edge. Who do you like? Do you think we're going to go make another splash signing potentially say, go get a clowny or maybe a Casey Hayward? Or do you think right now we're looking at probably more guys that we're going to take chances on like a Gary on Conley, for instance, where we just give a one year deal fairly cheap and then, you know, focus more on the draft at this point. Yeah. So it's, it's really tough to know. And that sort of edge debate for me, that there's sort of what your clowny, your Dunlap, your Alden, Alden Smith. Smith. Yeah. Um, and Melvin Ingram, they're the yeah. they're the four guys that are most interest, and I I I just don't know what the Tack McKinley move is, and that and that just stumped me. I I still cannot work it out whether they love him and think, hey, this dude can be the edge too, or it's a case of mm, we we want Clowney, but Clowney's not ready to make up his mind because he always takes his time in free agency. We have to get somebody to bridge us over could be, hey, we don't love the draft class or we want to go a different way in the draft. So we don't want to take an edge at 26. We want to be looking at an edge in sort of the end of round three, maybe a Peyton Turner. Um, and it, it, it just leaves open lots of questions. So I, I think they're still out there gunning for someone. Clowney for me is just the one that makes sense. I know some fans are like, oh, we don't want him. Uh, he turned us down last year. That's fine. I, I don't I don't think there's an emotional train wreck in the uh Browns front office that sit there when someone says no, they they feel a sense of rejection and want to sit there and eat ice cream and uh, sit in their pajamas all day. Um, at corner, this is where I'm really not sure. I, I, for me, Adoree Jackson is just such an intriguing name because the high end is really really good, and that's the sort of player that I'd love to take a bet on. And you're going, hey, Denzel Ward, Adoree Jackson, you've got Greedy Williams, you've got um, a sort of day two draft pick, and then you've got, say, either a day three a UDFA, AJ Green, and then you've got five young outside corners that can play. You've got Troy, Troy Hill in a pinch. It just gives you so many options there, and that is what intrigues me of, right, I'd rather mix it up and throw loads in there. But at the same time, yeah, if a Hayward, whether it's um, Malcolm Butler, they're two guys that you can give them one year job, one year deal. They're going to come into a great job. And then in theory, it's more sensible to do it that way and then bring someone through. Um, so even though a Conley I could see, I think it's more risky to go that other way. Maybe they're looking at Conley and um, which wouldn't be nuts to go, hey, we want to bring Gary and Conley. The issue is Conley is probably going to be, well, I don't want to sign there if you've got um, Butler ward greedy williams gary and conley is like well why am i taking a one-year prove it deal if i ain't gonna chance to get on the field so it's it's a really risky combination of how they work it out here but they just need loads of bodies if we see like the buccaneers some of these other teams they just fill the room with loads of young promising corners and it's like look we're just gonna throw it all at the wall and see what sticks um so I, i like the idea of five really young talented dudes and who knows what happens if you had to sign one position right now, would it be outside corner or would it be edge? Because for me, it's outside corner. Because I feel like secondary is the more need. We could take a chance on a guy in the draft at edge, but we have McKinley, we have Garrett, we have Gustin, we have Weaver. I mean, they could go out and sign sign Clowney or Alden Smith or somebody, but I just feel like outside corner, we can get somebody in the draft there too, but I would rather go and get a proven guy at this point. But I'd like to hear your take on it. If I had to do one or the other, 
I'm going to go get Clowney, and then I'm going to draft two corners on day two. That's fair. And it, it, that'd be bold. Um, but at the same time, if you bring in two corners on day two, Greedy and Ward, yeah, it's no guarantee. But to be fair, si- signing a Malcolm Butler, signing a Casey Hayward, they're, they're no guarantee either. Whereas no. Ed, Edge is a lot more stable. Um, and coverage is always more important than pass rush. But the difference is pass rush is quite consistent when you look at pressures and stuff ignore sacks when you look at pressures garrett is very much like to you look at garrett and you go right you can project and go he's going to do this basically for the rest of his career whereas you've got corners that fluctuate and yeah the good corner is going to have more good years than down years but at the same time that there is that risk there so i i would go let's just throw as much stuff at the wall um but shore up that edge spot that's fair. Yeah, I I don't I wouldn't disagree with going that approach either though. Um, but I just I don't know. Casey Hayward's so intriguing. Even Malcolm Butler on a year deal. I mean, even a Dory Jackson, which I just I can't get a read on whether he's because there's you know you heard Benjamin Albright say on Browns Daily that the Browns were interested, but haven't heard much buzz since then. So it's kind of make me wonder is he interested? Uh, so it's definitely something to watch. Um, I did mention you. Uh, you were. We talked about Sheldon Richardson and how how to restructure his deal if he take a pay cut. And you wrote a great article over the Dogland on Saturday talking about restructuring contracts and who would be the first for the Browns. Uh, you broke it down. You talked about what restructuring is because some people think that it is a pay cut, but it's not a pay cut. Um, and then you mentioned the most likely options for the Browns to restructure their contracts. So. Uh, I'll let you talk about that, and then you talk about what players are the most likely to restructure the deal as it pertains to the Browns. Yeah, so there's no sort of real-world comp for this, so bear with me, but what a restructure effectively is, is is when your boss comes into the room and goes, hey, we're set to pay you X amount of your salary across each of the 12 months, and they're going to go, what we're going to do instead is we're just going to pay you it all th- this month, and then you'll work for the other 11 months and it's all agreed. You've signed a contract, etc. And that's effectively what they're, they're going to do. So it's, it's very player friendly to get a restructure. They're saying, hey, we're going to give you all this money. We're not, we're not going to hide it from you. We're not going to sit on it. We're just going to pay it all straight up front. And the reason why teams like it in the NFL is because when you do that, you can spread that money across up to five years into the future based on how many years they've got on their contract. So um, player X, he's got a three year deal. Um, he's got 10 million he's due this year in base salary we can just go right we still got to give you 1 million of base salary because that's the minimum we're going to take that 9 million we're going to turn it into a signing bonus we're going to give you that 9 million straight into your bank account they might spread it out over a year different payments but effectively it's fully guaranteed he's getting it and then each of those next three years including this year you get 3 million show on your salary cap so for accounting purposes really really good for the team but that's effectively what you're going to do. And the key thing is you're not going to do that stuff until you're over the salary cap, because um, as we're at now, the, the Browns aren't going to go out and take a payday loan. It's, it's basically racking up like a credit card bill, um, a restructure. You don't do that until you've run out of money. So they've still got like six million roughly in the bank. Um and yeah, 10% of your annual salary. You wouldn't go out there and start taking out a payday loan from a loan shark to try tie you over for a year 
if if you had a load of money in the bank. So uh, it's one down the line. Yeah, if we get to sort of the start of the season, they're going to want at least sort of three million of cap space, and that's just because hey, that some uh, Miles Garrett goes down injured and have to trade for a uh, an edge. You need a little bit of wiggle room, but you can obviously create more mid-season as well. So how how can they create that money and who, who sort of the names? So here's all the dudes that it create over a million um, of salary cap space. Um, and it's 34.75 million overall. We've got OBJ, 9.7, Conklin, 6.8, Landry, 5.75, Tretton, Batonio, 4 million, Keenum, 2.5, Hooper, 2.25. But the knock-on impact of this is, hey, it's not magic money. It's not found the magic money tree and you shake it and some more money appears. There's consequences for that. So for that 34.75 million, that's an extra 24 million worth of commitments next season. The season after in 2023, that's an extra 10 million of commitments. And then in 2024, that is 0.75 million of commitments. So the first question is, and it, Jack, I'll come to you. So, uh, it's finding that sort of balance because you can do a little bit of this, but you can't do loads. It's like you've got to be careful because, hey, the Browns are well away. You've got this dude called Baker Mayfield. You've got this other guy called Denzel Ward. You've got a chap called uh, Wyatt Teller. They've all got to get paid. So if you if you start effectively the money you've got set aside for these young rookies, you start going, let's pay that altar OBJ this year. Let's pay that altar Clowney this year because you're going to sign him. Well, someone's then got to miss out in the future. Yeah, I mean, it's like looking at it right now, and obviously 2023 is when effectively the Baker and Ward, those extensions would kick in because they still got their fifth-year option next year. But right now we're looking at $47.6 million in cap space So in 2022. So hypothetically, if you're going to start pushing money into next year, that's going to take away from cap space. And when you have, a, you have to extend potentially Teller and Chubb, you have to think we're going to push money into next year. This could decrease our chances of, of re-signing Chubb and Teller because we won't have the money. So that's something you have to take into account as well. Um, so Jack, when you look at it, who would be your top restructure guy? If you're, if you're Andrew Barry and you're whoever their cap guy is, and I don't even know who it is because I'm not really familiar with the entire front office. Who would be the number one guy you would go to and say, hey, we're going to restructure your contract because it is going to not only help you get more money into your bank account and your agents, but it's also going to help us out now and going into the future, too. Yeah. So the things you're going to look at when deciding this player is, hey, whose money is already guaranteed? Because if a player's contract's already guaranteed, then you're just moving into the future and you're not actually giving out any new guarantees. You're just changing the structure of it. And as well, as we touched on that, hey, there's no point creating 34.75 million space this year to then have to pay back 24 million of it next year. You want to look for someone that's got at least two more years under their current deal so you can push that money as far into the future. And that just spreads it out a lot more comfortably. Um, and the other part is, hey, you, you're just deciding, well, what do you want to do with that player? Because once you restructure their deal... There's no money left to trade. If you trade them, you've still got to pay them their salary. So it's not a guy you would potentially want to trade in season. So whose deals are guaranteed? They've got more than next season under contract. There's there's two main guys that come to mind. And that is OBJ and that is Conklin. 
And the reason why I think Conklin is the dream to extend is because I don't think you'll find a Browns fan out there that would make the case that Jack Conklin isn't going to play the next two years as a Cleveland Brown. What happens after that? Hey, there's a healthy discussion. He's not under contract, so he's no guarantee to make the roster. But for the next two years, Jack Conklin will play for the Cleveland Browns. OBJ, on the other hand, well, if if every, I think every Browns fan has had that debate of what, what do you do with OBJ. Um, I, I think it's right to give him a shot, but at the same time, if it doesn't work out, having the freedom to trade him after, say, week four, if you really cannot get him and Baker onto the same field together functioning, needs to be something they keep available. So for me, Conklin is your number one extension target because if it all goes wrong with OBJ, you can just pick up the phone, someone will trade for him, and off he goes. So yeah, Jack Conklin, it just makes far too much sense. Let's take um, 9 million, just over 9 million of his base salary, turn it into a signing bonus. You've got two more full years, two more void years, spread that out. Um, and, and that just, yeah, it, it's going to give you an extra 6.78 million this year of space. And that's going to be balanced out with a 2.25 next year. And then due to the signing bonus and the money speeding up, it's going to be an extra 4.5 million in 2023. But it, it just it's the only one that is glaring in your face and just saying X <laughs> restructure me. Um makes no difference to him and it just works out perfectly yeah i mean it, people go check out the dogland.com look at jack's article he breaks it down all perfectly and you know it just makes a lot of sense he even put together what a conklin restructure would look like in the article so that just jack goes above and beyond to not only educate but to help people learn about the cap and how everything works and how it can help the Browns, not only now, but in the long term. Uh, Jack, before we wrap things up, I can almost forgot to even ask you. Uh, they signed your boy on Thursday, I think it was. Troy Hill, the guy you've been banging the table for since January when we started our, you know, our offseason deep dive. Uh, they went out and got the top slot corner in the league and on the market. They got him to a relatively good deal, too. So what was your thoughts on uh, the Browns hauling him in? I was absolutely ecstatic. It just made so much sense all off season um, to go out and get PFF's number one slot corner across the last two years is obviously gold. Um, you're looking at a team that we're, we're likely to see a three safety base in nickel. They will rotate between them because, hey, there's going to be times when you're up against a, a short little quick receiver and you want a, a corner on that guy. It might be a time when you're against a two tight end defense and you want a, a safety like Grant Delpit on that tight end. So that that's going to vary, but um, it gives you that flexibility. And the fact that Troy Hill can play inside and outside. Yeah, he's, he's obviously much better on the inside, but it means when you're playing uh, dime defense so you've got six dbs you've got your three safeties you've got him on the inside your two boundary corners really really strong but then it also means that if he's if woods goes hey i'm only going to play 40 percent of the time in dime which would be really high across the league but if he goes that what you don't want is a slot corner that is effectively going to potentially be off the field for the other 60 percent of snaps because you don't want to pay a dude that much money to then not play. So it's about having that flexibility and the fact that you can fill out on the boundary because, hey, there, there might be a little corner out there, a, a little wide receiver that they want him to match up with. So it's just such a 
perfect situation. Um, and, that, and that's why it just made so much sense to me. Um, you've got the incredible amount of talent at a really cheap price because if we're going to look at it, an edge isn't as valuable as a slot corner. Um, and you can get into that coverage versus pass rush debate, but it's just there that it is the most undervalued position out of all 22 players in the NFL. And you can get them at four and a half million a year. It's just, it's just daylight robbery. Yeah, without a doubt. I think, and they added void years to the deal. They finally <laughs> gave you some void years, Jack. That was always good. Um, here's an interesting thing. I, I just came across Twitter. Uh, Jeff Risden from the Browns Wire. Uh, he said, there were many reports that Terrence Mitchell had agreed to terms with the Texans, but still nothing official on it. He's not on the roster and hasn't been on the NFL's transaction updates either. So I know it was reported that he agreed to a deal with the Texans, but Maybe he's having second thoughts. Maybe he comes back on a relatively cheap deal, and that would solve some of the Browns' cornerback depth issues. Uh, uh, I think we all loved Money Mitch when he was here. Um, I mean, wouldn't be opposed to bringing him back. I mean, he was solid. I mean, he did his job during the last few years he was here, but uh, I don't know. what you got any thoughts on that? He's solid, but it's not what I want almost. I want, I want young high upside players because I want them to be great. Obviously, yeah, if, if you're going with, say you wanted Terrence Mitchell and then you're going to go Ward, Greedy, two dudes on day two, then I can get that. Why, hey, you've got one that is steady and then you've got four high upside, um, which yeah, I, I wouldn't oppose to if that's the strategy. But at the same time, if you're looking at your Dory Jackson or your money mitch i would take that risk and go with him obviously yeah it's more safe than going with a gary and conley um i i, I honestly wonder what the hold up is with the texans because they have been very aggressive um lots of people have made jokes about that they've turned over uh, over half their roster but quite frankly that roster was bad so um I, I i think it's a good idea of what they've done um if they like these guys and to be fair there's guys that we're positive about no one's got a bad word to say about money mitch no one's got a bad word to say about mr thomas um there's loads of other players they haven't gone out and spent big they've just brought in loads of dudes and if you're going to do a rebuild what, what do you want you want guys that have good work ethic and turn it around so i wouldn't hate it but it would have to come with two day two corners yeah yeah i'm looking at the texans website and i clicked on the transaction they haven't announced any of their signings yet and they've signed i think it was what 25 players in free agency they haven't announced any of them um i know they have to probably rework some of their cab issues as well i know they reworked uh laramie tunsil's deal i seen that reported yesterday so they could be restructuring deals trying to get things in a row before they announce their free agent signings. so it could be nothing but it is something to definitely keep an eye on uh jack as we wrap things up do you have anything you want to plug or plug your twitter as you usually do uh, yeah, so jump over on Twitter. Any questions, anything like that pops up. It's Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N. DMs are open, so loads of you guys have reached out and asked questions. I'm more than happy to. Uh, just fire them over, and then I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Um, obviously, you can check out Paul Brown Podcast, seven days a week, 15 minutes. Um, it's good fun, and, uh, yeah, we, we just enjoy ourselves. So, uh, no, we'll keep bringing out good content. We're kicking off draft season next weekend. Um, so we've got another week of little bits and pieces before we go into the draft for a month. Yeah, I, I, I do highly recommend uh, the Paul Brown podcast. Listen to it. 
every day. It's 15 minutes. Put it on 1.2 speed, and it's only like 10 minutes. So great stuff. They're quick. They get right to the point. And it, it, it's a good thing to get the day started when you want to listen to some Browns content. Uh, as for us over here at the Dogland, check out thedogland.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Dogland as well as Facebook. And uh, stay tuned. We are expanding the podcast network the top dogs is launching march 31st myself and alex hale uh bringing you a bit of a different style of browns podcast uh, we hope you all will enjoy um and you can follow me as always on twitter at jack mccurry 08 and until next time go browns go browns wireless headphones that'll be 200 dollars. i'll use my capital one quicksilver card now that's a hit You used the Capital One Quicksilver card, which makes you the hero of every purchase. With Quicksilver, you earn unlimited 1.5% cashback on every purchase everywhere. I wanted running music, but unlimited 1.5% cashback is pretty heroic. Good instincts. Every hero needs a theme song. The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. When you hear it's Spring Black Friday at the Home Depot and Ryobi 40-volt expanded cordless string trimmers are just $179, what are you driven to do? Clear out winter's overgrowth? Clean up the driveway lines? Or take a lighter touch around the flower beds? Hurry into the Home Depot during Spring Black Friday to get more done with the extended runtime and precision control of the Ryobi 40-volt expanded cordless string trimmer. Now just $179. Shop Spring Black Friday savings at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.